Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navar. Today, my guests are the brothers Kevin and Jeremiah Hammond from Indiana. I saw it's a mouthful. Indiana, Indianapolis. Welcome, gentlemen. Doing that. Matt. Thank you. So, you guys um, have been a, a more, one of the more quiet but very, very successful FileMaker consulting companies. How long have you guys been in business? Uh, we've been in business for over 12 years. I, I like to, you know, uh, paraphrase it as at the beginning we were just, uh, it was just me for the first five, six years growing the business. Uh, and then once uh, um, we got some momentum, flywheel effect, Jeremiah came on board. We've been growing uh, pretty much about one to two developers or, or uh, staff a year. Wow, that's good. So what are you up to now? We have uh, nine full-time in our office uh, today, and we're currently um, um, seeking to hire two more right now. We've been looking for a few months trying to get the, the right uh, people. Wow. Are you hiring junior people and training them up or finding people with some FileMaker experience? Well, a little bit of both. I think you need a, a, a balanced skill set, balanced staff. So um, when when we can't, of course, we always love to have talented, experienced people in um, so uh, sometimes we hire juniors uh, from local universities. Uh, right now we're actually looking to hire one developer uh, and one project manager full-time. So uh, of late it's been kind of a story of one admin, one developer. Uh, so we have a, a full-time salesperson um, was one of our last hires in combination with another developer. And now we're looking – we've been hiring them in pairs a lot of them. Hmm. Yeah, it's so, probably a good economy there. Yeah. Ramping people up. I do not use the term onboarding because it just doesn't, it just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> That's not a verb, man. <laughs> um, so that's cool. That's a, that's a, that's great that business is so good there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've worked really hard at it. Jeremiah is a huge part of it. He oversees uh, training of uh, a lot of our uh, developers for the first few months, getting them familiar with our process and and tools so he's he's uh, uh very instrumental in uh, um, the actual development of, of our team so kevin you you did all the development early on but you, you've transitioned to really not doing any of the coding anymore that's correct I, I i i only really program these days on our internal system we have a, a handful of internal systems and um that's how i stay uh, up to date. Uh, I was working over the weekend or over the past week, um, rewriting some, some plugins, um, to be using the 64 bit plugin versions of, uh, of other products, specifically, uh, 360 email two, And, uh, so that, that keeps me fresh, right? It keeps me, you know, still modern and current, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, me and, and doing billable work for customers that involves opening up scripts and, um, you know, moving things on layouts, those, those days have come and, and passed. I'm still, I still really love doing the development. I hope I always do. <clears throat> and Jeremiah, you're like a total geek, aren't you? You know, uh, I, I'm sort of halfway there between a geek and I, I'm a, I'm a big theorist. I like, I like thinking through things, but I guess I'm more of a software, you know, coding geek than I would be like hardware. Um, but so I'm a little bit of a mix. I'm not a hundred percent, but you don't, you focus just on the development side, not really the business and sales and stuff like that. 
Uh, you know, I like just just like I answered before. I, um, I'm a little bit of a mix. A uh, my role, too. my role is yeah, my role has evolved over time here at DB Services. Uh, you know, uh, a few years ago, I was pretty much doing full time development and then QA and training juniors. But I, I've been getting less and less away from that as our staff has grown, and I, you know, I've had to do more administrative work and and you know, I help Kevin with internal initiatives and and what have you. So. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And you guys, on your website, dbservices.com, you guys have a bunch of articles and some good stuff that you're giving away. Um, who produces most of that content? That would be, it, it's, everyone chips in on the articles on the website. Um, so it just, uh, we, we kind of rotate between staff depending on um, who, who hasn't written an article recently. And we also try to, to pick you know, if there's a relevant topic that's kind of hot based on the time period, then um, we'll pick someone who has expertise in that, that area. Um, for example, uh, David had recently, uh, David, our full-time uh, salesperson, had recently written an article on licensing changes. Kevin, could you, what, what was the exact topic on that? Boy, uh, I'm going to pull up the website and look here uh, because... I don't oh, recall. I, I, so, what, to, what to know about FileMaker server transition licensing, that one? Um, yeah, that was one of them. He wrote uh, another one about the, the, uh, the FileMaker community. Um, so there's been a handful of – so we're, we try to be timely, like he said. Um, um, but ultimately, we, we want all of our staff to be involved because, um, you know, you want to be a part of the team, write an article. And then at the same time, uh, it really allows people – to uh, invest in, in their knowledge of certain topics, right? Anytime you've got to write an article, you, you, you hopefully come at, at the end an expert or close to an expert in the topic. Oh, so. exactly. Yeah, that one you guys did about uh, creating a PDF with FileMaker Server was awesome. Thank you for doing that one, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Have, yeah, have you utilized that in any degree? Um, you know, um, let me think. Did we do that a different way? Yeah, we, we actually decided to do that one uh, a different way. We had a situation where we needed to make PDFs for user security reports. We have this huge script that takes like 20 minutes to run for every user and run it for 300 users to do an audit of all the records that they've looked at for a year and determine if there's if they saw anything they shouldn't see. Huh. So like a you know, HIPAA kind of thing. Um, and then produce a report and give that report to their supervisor. Um, yeah, nice. some of the stuff we do, we track like every single search every single user does and list everything they ever searched for and have their, their supervisor quickly review that. I mean, it's thousands of names and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so the reason I, I wanted to talk to you guys today was there's this one particular project. Well, one, just to introduce you guys because we haven't had you on the podcast, which is... Uh, which is my bad. Sorry about that. But hey, you're here now. And there was this uh, this really really large database, and I heard the number 17 billion with a B records, and I thought that's crazy. The most I've ever tried to do was about two billion, <laughs> and which was fun, and it was a test. But you've actually got a deployed uh, system that's uh, still, I guess, in development. But can you tell me a little bit about the about what this database does and is? Well, the database is pretty straightforward. It's uh, it it has 
all of the trades from the CBOE, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, um, for a handful of the, the most popular futures and options in 2014. And uh, the, the goal with this is the, the client that we're working with, they wanted to be able just to search this data, just to query it and to get some answers on it. Because the, the way that they got the data, the format that the data was originally in, was uh, around 600 fixed-length files. And so you, you really, you just can't work can't, with that. Can't use that at all, yeah. No, no. I mean, you can, you can try to open them up in a, in a text editor and use the text editor to search. Um, but just to chomp through and do, do like one basic text search, the text editor would, would take you a good 10, 10 hours. You know, it just depends on your, your hardware on, on, in that case. So it's, they couldn't do anything with it. So th this is the first step, is they wanted to get it into an application they could do basic queries. So how many uh, fields are in this thing? 23. Wow. That's... Yeah, t 23, but you could argue that they really only need 12. Uh, but you know how this is. They, they don't necessarily know exactly what they need because mm -hmm. they're kind of feeling out the data. So we brought in everything. When I did my test system for, with a, for a billion records for a DevCon presentation, like, I don't know, five years ago, mm -hmm. it was one billion records. It had five index fields, I think, and it was 155 gigs. So what's the file size of this one? 2.2 terabytes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it that was the final file size. What's the is is there, there's a max limit of the theoretical thing for FileMaker? Is it four terabytes or four like petabytes, eight. exabytes, eight that terabytes? Is, is yeah, eight terabytes. Which is, I think, the largest single drive. I mean, we actually have an external. We, we did this on an external 8-terabyte drive once it reached a certain size. Um, and so um, that's how we're storing it today. It doesn't make it the fastest thing on, on the planet. But I'll, I'll let Jeremiah talk about how the client, where, where the client's at in regards to storage and how they're, they're going to be using it. Well, you can yeah, put it on so, an array. That's much bigger than that. Right, and that's what I was going to lead into. Yeah. So where the project currently is, we've got all the data in the FileMaker file, but there are no indexes. Hmm. And we started trying to create indexes with the file on, on this external hard drive, and uh, <laughs> we, could, we could not complete an index. FileMaker would eventually freeze up. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know if it was because it was an external drive versus an internal drive. Or if there was something else going on. I also, I was running this on a Mac in, in FileMaker Pro Advanced 13. Uh -huh. <clears throat> I did not try running it in Windows to see if it would work in Windows. But regardless, indexing is mostly disk bound. So uh, running this on a hard drive is not optimal. Uh, actually, my tests show that it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter if I did the indexing on a server or a single user or on a fast drive or on any kind of a drive. Indexing does not saturate um, really anything in FileMaker. It just sort of does it at its speed. 
Yes. And it takes. It took me two weeks to index those fields. <laughs> I just. I had a server set up in my basement, and I just said, "Okay, go." And then I let it go, and that was for one billion record. So you, I mean, uh, if you're trying to do seventeen, so what's what's uh, that's like forty weeks maybe. Okay. Okay. So let me let me tell you where I got. I was trying to be as meticulous as possible on getting some of these to, to get to reach some of these conclusions, um, but so so what I did was about. About one eighth into the import, I took a, a backup, so around 250 gigs, so roughly a two two billion records, around mm-hmm. the same size as the file you're working with. <clears throat> and I did a bunch of projections and and a bunch of testing. And one of the things I did was create an index on an SSD, and then create that same index on a hard drive. And the SSD was significantly faster. Yeah. Well, back when I was doing this, I didn't have that. So, yeah, that makes sense. So that's uh, like twice as fast. Uh, in some cases, three or four times. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How much would a well? Actually, two terabytes. You'd need um, when you do the index. You need like a four terabyte SSD RAID. Is what you need. We're gonna try three right now um, because it looks like indexes. At least the ones I was creating, I created indexes on around six fields in that two billion record file. Mm-hmm. It only increased the file size around. 0.5% on each index. Wow. So, yeah, it wasn't much. But I do believe there's some variability depending on how big the index is. I, so I would just say in the ballpark 1%. It's, it's nowhere near as big as what I was expecting it to be. So at the moment, I, I don't think we need to be too concerned with uh, going to 4 versus 3. I'm more concerned just about the temp files uh, depending on what they do with this data, they're doing—they're mostly doing finds. But the, the, when you do a find, FileMaker writes the temp file. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's it's caching indexes or or records or what have you, and the temp file can get relatively large. Um, I mean, the, like just doing a find on this two billion record database temp file is already getting to be a gig or two. Yeah, this is going to be hosted on FileMaker server. It will be eventually. Everything I've done so far has been on Pro, and yeah. that was just that was just we just made a conscious decision on that. Um, You're going to come but, up with another really interesting thing that you haven't really planned on, which is the amount of time it takes to open up a file. <laughs> um, it's it's something like um, I don't know a few seconds per million records or something like that, and it turns out to be around six minutes for a billion records. So 17 billion, it's going to take a considerable amount of time just to open the file and like under, and have FileMaker understand the index. Yeah, so so we 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 ran into that problem. Uh, that that was a that was a fun problem. Um, so it, what it looks like what FileMaker is doing when you when when FileMaker either server or pro opens up a file, it's going through and verifying that there's no corruption. It's doing a verification, mm-hmm. and it looks like that you can't control that. Just that's just what FileMaker does. That's how when you open up a file and there's corruption, FileMaker will, won't even let you use the file. It'll tell you there's corruption. Um, actually, if you open up a really giant file like that to a layout where <clears throat> which is not the big the big uh, record count layout, it'll open instantly. It's only when you change layouts to the other one that that 
it goes slow. So the, the file, it's not, at least in my test, it wasn't really the file open speed, it was the index loading speed. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll have to retest that. But it might have changed, again. Yeah, from, my, from, from what I saw, uh, there wasn't even a layout that got drawn. Like, when you, when you double-click on the file to open it up, nothing, like, nothing happens at all. And, and if you look at, if you look at, <clears throat> if you look at like, uh, activity monitor or um, resource monitor on Windows, you'll see that, that your OS is just reading tons and tons of data. Mm -hmm. and, and based on the, you know, I don't think it's an index thing, because those indexes aren't that big. It wouldn't take that long to load an index. Yeah. Well, you, didn't, you didn't have indexes. Right, I also didn't have indexes. Yeah, true. You didn't have any. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's reading yeah, something, I, I, but we don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, based on my experience with, with FileMaker, and again, I don't know, this is all conjecture, but it, I, I think FileMaker is doing a verification. It's just making sure the blocks are, are all good before yeah. it opens the file. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like in the table that, that's currently viewed or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. And that, that moment of clarity came when we were reaching, because we have solid-state drives here on all of our workstations in the right. office. They're 500 gigs. They're great, you know, uh, uh, drives. And uh, the moment you were reaching like 250 or something, you were like, "Hey, I got to throw this on an external drive to continue the import process." Right. The moment you did that, we, when the and he had all this automated. It was really, it's really artwork. But um, it, we were we were doing X amount of imports, and then and then he was creating a a a backup, and then automatically launching it again and continuing the import. So all this stuff was automated, running for for days, went over right. a month. Mm -hmm. But the moment you went from a solid state to the external drive and you opened it up, you went, oh, my goodness, what's going on, right? That's when that, that scanning became so clear to you that, uh, boy, opening the file is going to take a lot of time. Yeah, yeah and this is, this is also where SSDs just destroy hard drives, just completely destroy hard drives. So mm -hmm. the, this 250-gig file uh, on an SSD, I can open up like 10 seconds. It's just like nothing. And then if I if I take that same file, open it up on the external hard drive, it takes like ten minutes. So I mean, it, you know, there's no question. Like when you work with big enough data like this, you start to see all these things that you just wouldn't encounter in a normal FileMaker system. But they're all actually true. They're yes. just linearly scaled to really small. And right. The, the reason that I did all those crazy tests years ago was because I wanted to know for myself how it would do when you get to a file that big. <laughs> and, you know, where, where are the things that are slower and what are the things that are not? And, like, one of the results that came out of it when I did the testing, which you'll find as well, probably even when you get up to 17 billion, is once everything is up and running, once you're actually in the file and you start querying it, if you do a query that results in one record or 100 records or 1,000 records, it's going to take a tiny fraction of a second. Right. It'll be super fast. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the find. I mean, again, I, all these projections here are based on that 250 gig file right. because I don't, we don't have indexes on the two terabyte file right now. Uh, but on the 250, um, like just doing a simple word search, just you know, searching a text field and doing like the letter A mm -hmm. uh, begins with search was like three or four seconds. On this, on an SSD, on an SSD. Let me caveat that. Right, right, right. Um, wow, that's actually really fast for how many? I mean, the the resulting set of records is all that really matters in in FileMaker speed. Yeah, you, you know, um, it. Yeah, it would bring back like on a find like that. It would bring back like 
250 million records, no problem. And it was fast. Wow. So, yeah. But there's certain fines, and I'm sure you, you ran across this, uh, like range, ranges. Ranges, uh, it depends on the number of, it seems like it depends on the number of records that FileMakers finds, that, like, for how fast it goes. Right. So if I do a range that's kind of small, it's pretty instantaneous. But if right. I do a range that's like open-ended, that will give me back maybe half the records. It 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 took hours. Sure. Um, on that data set. Yeah, so, but that's fine though because FileMaker gives you like a little dialogue that tells you exactly how long it's going to take to do that query, <laughs> and you can have multiple simultaneous queries, and they're easy to cancel, and they always are responsive to cancel, right? <laughs> Is that in a new release? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I will. I will say this much. Um, <laughs> this is, it's nice when you're in pro and you're doing a find because you press the cancel button and it works. It cancels it. Yeah. But when it's on server and you do a cancel, it doesn't. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so. it's it's kind of it's it's becoming a problem with some of my clients now that do that uh, do a find that's really ill advised. Right. So I'll label them on layouts to say, if you use this particular field, it's going to be really slow because it's related in three tables away or something. And, you know, there's times they really need it, but uh, just be ready for their performance. And, and there will be no security on this. It'll be like um, essentially all records for the users using it. Yeah, there, it, it's... There is security. Uh, well, well, not record level security. I guess is what I meant to say. No, absolutely not. Because no. that would mul- multiply the speed uh, slowdown by about a hundred. <laughs> yeah, no. This, this data is freely available to the public, so there's there's no need for security at this point. Hmm. I like working. I, I download a lot of uh, free data sets and play with them. It's fun. Yeah. So with finds, like the big thing to me. Uh, besides different operations that you do will, will be slower or faster, right? Uh, the other thing is that, again, SSDs matter. Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Question. Are you going to get, like, uh, find some relatively inexpensive SSDs and make a big raid out of them? Yeah, we, we were getting, um, I think, the Samsung eight, uh, 850s. They're one terabyte each. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're very good SSDs. And uh, putting those together, they're they're about equivalent to what we have on in our machines here. So. Get like get like four of them and make a, a RAID zero. Correct. Yeah. We we're yeah. also thinking that we'd ideally you would, you know, you'd have FileMaker server on a different box, and that would also have the same RAID. So the client would have a RAID, and the server would have a RAID. Um, just again, the client is working with it's gonna be caching things and mm-hmm. working with a temp file and if you have a cache on an ssd it's going to make things faster you so, know what? i also even wonder like if web direct would be better for this where none of the data is actually hitting the client it's all just being done on the server it's a great question um and i don't think perform script on server is going to be your friend here at all because it's because that's going to be like opening up you know it has to open up a fresh copy of the file and do all that stuff every single time you open it. it probably wouldn't be very fast, but WebDirect might actually be really good. Yeah, yeah, WebDirect. If we the, the issue with WebDirect is you're storing all this, 
you're storing what you would store on a pro client on the server, mm -hmm. which is why you know you need beefy servers. So right. we would definitely need uh, more space than a four SSD RAID, in my opinion. Probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd be able to. I mean, it'd be a Windows server, probably. Um, yeah. Well, I, I I could never. I couldn't even imagine using a an Apple server these days <laughs> with the um, the the price performance advantage of windows servers at the moment yeah yeah i mean in this particular case with, with a custom build it's yeah that we we, we would be going down the windows server route well i mean the only apple hardware that's made for kind of what you're looking at you're not going to put this on a mac mini and yeah. you know and a mac pro is all graphics horsepower and an imac would make no sense at all right and that's the only models there are other, other than notebooks um you're correct Actually, a Mac Pro is serious processor horsepower too. I was thinking, actually, you could get you could get a PC computer that has uh, RAM available to make a gigantic RAM drive, but I don't think you can make a three terabyte RAM drive. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't heard of one. And that would be even even with RAM at the crazy low prices it is, that would still be a huge amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. No question. But that'd be that much. That'd be you know ten or a hundred times or whatever faster than SSD even. Yep. Though, though at that point you may be hitting CPU as as the bottleneck on on fines or in indexes. But it would make me wonder, though, like if the um, uh, if you could get a really good sized RAM disk for the servers temp files. Hmm. Don't know. Or, or cache files or something like that that don't go beyond a certain size. But really, I guess the server kind of manages that pretty well anyway in RAM. Well, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the server, as far as I understand, it's only moving things to the RAM when you need to move it to RAM. And if you're doing a find, I don't know. I don't think it's moving all the records that you found into RAM cache, but I haven't done a lot of testing there. So Yeah. Have you done any tests with like 1 gigabit versus 10 gigabit or any stuff like that on the network layer? No, have not. Everything's been local so far. You're going to learn some interesting stuff. This is... <laughs> <laughs> and I think all this, you know, again, I, I what really fascinates me is what light this shines <clears throat> on all the ordinary development that you do. Because when you get something this big, you get a really good measurable number of how long it takes to do X that you can then apply to all your smaller projects and say, oh, yeah, yeah, if you make this change here, it's 10 times faster. Um, and even though that, that <clears throat> time it takes to do whatever that thing is, isn't really bad. If you do this thing, it's just that much faster all the time, a hundred times a day, a thousand times a day. Um, that's a good thing. Sure. Yeah. Like for as, example, as long as uh, with, with optimization, forms optimization, there's always trade-offs of your time. Like if the optimization takes twice as long to develop, then, you know, it becomes something you probably shouldn't do unless you need to. But if it is going to take the same amount of time as what you normally did, then yes, that, that's when you—that's when it's great to know, and that's when you should do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's actually a really funny um, XKCD comic that has like a little graph of exactly um, if it takes 20 minutes to do this particular optimization, and this process is done one time a day versus 10 times a day versus 100 times a day. What is the return on investment, and should you do it or not? And they give you like a little handy chart of how to decide <laughs> when to and when not to optimize. 
a, a, a comic a comic strip is is wonderful. That's definitely the the. It's like the geeks comic strip. Yep, it is. Yeah. So but what other kept, what other things have you learned from this uh, this project? Uh, so, I mean, a lot of what happened were roadblocks, unexpected roadblocks. Um, I mean, we, we let's put it this way: we expected roadblocks, we just didn't know what they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So, let me give you an example of one. Um, we ran into a limitation where you in FileMaker Pro 13 where you could not import files greater than four gigs with import records. Wow. Yeah. Yep, and it's it's a 32-bit limitation. So the way that, what however FileMaker has written import records, it, it just it doesn't doesn't work properly when you hit that. Four gig limit. Interesting. Server can import records though if they're sitting in the temp directory, uh, in the uh, documents directory on the server, and server is sixty four bit. Yeah, that's that's one way you could potentially get around it. Um, so you had to just break them, put them in smaller than four gig chunks. Yeah, yeah. We just decided to go that route because it was the first thing that came to mind. There's a utility on Mac called Split that will just split a file into whatever size chunks you tell it to. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, <laughs> yes, it was very handy and it loved it. Perfect name, right? Does exactly what it says in the 10. Um, and yeah, it didn't take me long at all to, to, you know, build a, a script that does the split. And so that's what we ended up doing and it worked, it worked great. After How that, big so. were the files? The raw oh, text it varied, files? It varied greatly because the files were, um, I believe they were, they were based on a week, a trading week, for a particular uh, ticker symbol. And so depending on the ticker symbol, depending on the week, there would be more or less activity. Uh, at, uh, the, biggest, the, file, the biggest files were around December, towards the end of the year. Which hmm. is, makes, it makes sense because there's always a lot more trading towards the end of the year in markets. Right. So, uh, but no, we, we, they varied anywhere from 100 megs to 13, 14 gigs. That's crazy. Yeah, what, yeah. What was what was fascinating is that it imported it. Don't 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 think it didn't import it. It just <laughs> decided to quit whenever it wanted to, and it was something based around if it was a five gig uh, file, it would import one gig of records and disregard four four gigs. It was it was variable based on how much overage you were over four gigs, so you never got an error. So we, we were in the process of automating this, and uh, ultimately your, Jeremiah was auditing it, and he's like, something's not adding up. And uh, so that's how he discovered it. it yeah, oh, actually, i got to give credit where credit is due. Kevin Kevin's, you know, had the insight on this. He, 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 one of his first thoughts when he saw, you know, when he was looking at the file size versus how, how many records were imported, mm-hmm. his first thought was, oh, it looks like a mod. And that's totally what it is. It's a mod based on so if the file's like six gigs, uh-huh. FileMaker will import two gigs because it's you know six mod four. Weird. Yeah. So anyway. <clears throat> Kevin's got some geek in him, so let's not forget he may be running the business full time. But well, that takes a, a different level of geek, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> and so all of your FileMaker projects are totally crazy lost leaders like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, I thought you knew me better. I do uh, know you better than that. 
Your your business acumen is something I admire greatly. <laughs> and uh, so, but I think yeah. projects like this are also you know it warms my heart that you guys do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 fascinating part was when when the the uh, opportunity arise. I was speaking to to the owner of this business, and he mm-hmm. was telling me what he was wanting to do, and and we were talking it through, and and uh, I made it very clear at the beginning. I said, um, "Boy, this sounds cool," because as Jeremiah said, I do have a flash of geek in me, and um, you know the geek came out. I'm like, "Boy, this seems fun," uh, <laughs> and so um, I let him know. I said, "Hey, we've never done this." He's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "No, like no, like we've never done this." And he's like, and I go, hey, based on you know some of what I do know, I think FileMaker can do it. Um, I can't really tell you what the end of the road's going to be, but you know we'll, we'll, we'll keep you up to date along the way, right? You know we're going to let you know if we see trouble on the horizon or the roadblocks that we that appear and and try to work around them. And he was like, all right, and eventually he said, let's do this. And um, so Jeremiah uh, had to do quite a bit of babysitting with the project and the automation and the checking in on it. Is it still running? When is it going to be done? That type of thing. Um, and and it, it's executed pretty flawlessly. Every hurdle, every challenge, and that's why Jeremiah's great at what he does. We've been able to conquer it and continue to move forward. And uh, right now, it's we're in that challenge of indexing the fields. So, Yeah, that's a fun one. That's going to be probably one of the more difficult challenges you'll have <laughs> i do i never would have guessed that it would just flat out fail though i think no, you should not. wait another month or so and see if it actually finishes <laughs> no no i, I knew it was, it, it was stuck because it, it, the progress bar because you do get a progress bar when it makes an index which is nice oh that's true yeah yeah Unless so the you progress bar side. was stuck it was stuck and when you clicked into pro you know the os would make pro you know, you just get the spinning wheel uh, in a bad way, and so I, I, you know, I was looking at Activity Monitor, and yeah, it just nothing was happening. So it was stuck in some sort of mutex um, loop, but it was just it, it was it was done. So hmm. anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll things, see things to come. Just to give you a head, uh, a little head thought of of what will happen once we get this thing to the point of completion. Right, every project as a, a, a beginning and an end, right? And once we get to that end, hopefully, albeit successfully, right? Maybe mm-hmm. a month, maybe two months. Um, our plan is, I, I told Jeremiah throughout the course of this, to tape, take methodical notes and details of every roadblock, every challenge, every lesson learned. And uh, we're going to put together um, a presentation, and then um, we may give it in, in a developer group, uh, but we will record it, we will uh, uh, have the slides, and, and then eventually we'll throw this stuff on YouTube so so people can can watch it. But yeah, cool. we, when it's going to happen, we don't know, right? <laughs> yeah, we have to reach the end of the road first. Let's sure. See. Well, it's a it's a really great outlier kind of a thing, and um, I'm really glad we could talk about it for a bit. Well, you're the you're the right person to do it. I remember sitting in one of your uh, DevCon presentations uh, many years ago. I don't remember where, but. Uh, um, you, you've done a lot of benchmarking on uh, performance, so pleasure. yeah, I had, and I you know, with always when I'm looking for situations like this, it's just to shed light on 
how we can make things faster and kind of what happens at these, at these extreme ends. I don't know. I guess I got some weird. <laughs> in my presentations, I usually like to have some fun thing like that at the end where I open up some gigantic set of records. Like, for example, one year I had um, the social security number of every person who's ever died, which is actually public data, oh. which is used for... Uh, for like credit card companies to determine if the social security number that you're using is actually a real valid number that's not yours that belongs to someone who died because people sometimes reuse them and steal them, whatever. Um, so you can just do a quick query to this database and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not you. Sorry. You can't. <laughs> um, so it's it's just coming, coming across uh, data sets like that are, are weird and fun and Putting them in FileMaker is definitely cool. I think it actually would really be fun to put, like, I don't know how we would host it, but a, um, a site together where all these large and potentially useful data sets converted into FileMaker uh, could be actually really fun to share with the community somehow. I just don't know how you'd be able to transfer those to people, uh, <laughs> right? The amount of data going back and forth. Uh, yeah, unindexed and zipped. You know, there's places that you can put big files like that. It's not, uh, but yeah, you don't want to have too many people downloading it. But you know, some of these, some of them are not so big. You know, like, um, for example, it would be really nice to have a list of every single city and zip code in the country in a really nice FileMaker database. Or, um, uh, you know, there's a bunch of things like that that could be really good lookup tables uh, that I think a lot of people could use. And if they're already sort of in FileMaker format and curated well and easy to get, I think that would be that would have great utility to the community. I just don't know how really to execute that plan. So um, let's see. Let's wrap this up for today, though. Um, thanks, thanks, guys, very much for coming on. It was really good to uh, chat about this geeky project. Thanks, thanks for having us. All right. Talk to you again soon. Take care.